Hello and welcome to the Fireforge Leader Podcast, where I'm going to share lessons with you forged on the front lines of leadership throughout my career. Today we're going to be discussing the overall topic of engaging the team, but really diving into two key areas of that. One is having value, and the other one is being valued. We're going to also be looking at this in two different examples, one that's in the workplace and then one that's really a home example. So this question was posed to me from Gary Rigdon on LinkedIn. And Gary's an asset reliability consultant, a facilitator, and a trainer. He works in multiple countries and across multiple industries. His question really is this. How does one create true engagement between leaders and their team? Also, how do they help their teams feel valued and feel valuable? So let's dive into it. First off, I wanna say I love the way that Gary framed this up. I 100% agree that if you're searching for engagement from your employees, they need to feel these two things, to be valuable and to be valued. So first off, let's let's take a look at the definition in between these two things. The two words are very similar and the definitions are really similar as well. But I wanna point out the differences overall. So let's start off with valuable. If you look up the definition, it says something to the effect of a thing that is of great worth, right? Now, the definition of valued is really something that's considered to be important or beneficial or it's cherished. So when you look at these two definitions, like I stated, they seem very, very close but let's break them down and take a closer look. The definition for valuable is that is really an inherent value. As it's stated, it's of great worth. So it's something intrinsic to that object or to that person. When we look at valued, really it's the realization of that worth. So, it's considered to be important or beneficial. So it's my belief that every person who walks God's green earth is really on a search to be valuable in some or all aspects of their life, whether it's at home, at work, or within their community. So I'm not a doctor and I don't claim to be one. I'm not an expert in this field, but I truly believe that when a person does not feel or own their own value, that there's higher rates of depression, anxiety, or other mental conditions. I also see alcoholism, drug addiction, weight gain, uh, you know, just different physical type conditions as well. 
And I also believe that there's a higher rate of suicide because if you can't give back, what is the purpose of life, right? So that's kind of depressing when you stop and think about it. And all of the different people that we encounter in our careers, how many people just walk in the door and walk back out and you never see them smile, be involved in anything. And you gotta worry about all the different things that come with that. So on the flip side of that, when a person sees value in themselves, they generally strive for more, they take pride in what they do, they're more confident. So the difference in between not seeing that value in yourself and seeing that value is really there's a spark of a fire that's created, right? It's capable of something much more. So the first thing that we have to understand about people in general. And once again, I'm no expert in this field, but from my observations, most people are wired to find value in themselves. They find value in others, but they don't find value in themselves. How many times is it that you've complimented someone and they're like, yeah, no, no, that's not me. Don't say that about me. That's not true, you know, whatever. That's because they don't see that same value that someone else may. So they need to have that value fanned by someone else. And it's much like tinder in a fire when starting. They need the external validation of their worth. And that's where the feeling of being valued allows them to feel their value. And I know this is all just subtle differences, but I want to be very clear that most of the time for people to feel the intrinsic value, someone else must fan that flame so that they feel valued. So when those two things come together, that's when the tinder starts on fire and that fire is really starting to be created. Now, as we all know, once that a fire is created, we have to add fuel to that fire. And the fuel really comes in the way of this person, once that they've been validated in this value, they tend to add more value and then they get validated again. And in that, the leader is showing that they're really valuable, right? <clears throat> and value grows with, with age, really. <clears throat> Excuse my cough here. So let's throw a couple different scenarios out there. So the first scenario I want to <clears throat> drive home is in the work sphere. So this one hasn't really happened. I'm just uh, going to throw out some things that I've learned in my career and, and put it towards the situation. Some of these things might hit home. Some of them may not. But let's state that you are a frontline supervisor of a manufacturing line. I don't care what you're making. 
what I do want you to know is that you're sitting in the time of year when the complex manager or plant manager, whatever you want to call them, sits down with you and says, okay, this year it's time to set new goals. Um, one thing that I have to give you is that we saw 8% inflation this year in the United States. So what I need you to do is have this on your goal sheet that we're going to decrease our costs by a hundred or by 8% to be able to overcome that inflation rate. 8%. So what do you do? Well, the first thing that most logical people would do is what does 8% mean? So you go and you do your calculations and you find out that you really need to cut costs by $100,000, right? So what's the next step? Well, this is where I've seen in my career a lot of bad decisions start to happen. So something that I've seen quite a bit is that people go, all right, where does my cost come from? Well, my largest cost is labor. So if I look at the loaded rate, if I was able to reduce my two people, I would be a star because not only would I decrease that $100,000 in cost, but it'd be a little bit more, right? It would be more than what I needed to cover that $100,000. <clears> so you cut the two jobs, they go down the road to one of your competitors, and what happens? Your line performance tanks, your labor efficiency goes to hell, you end up paying more in overtime, overhead, over whatever, and you have a ton more issue. So you actually just went further away from the goal. Right? So let's rewind and think about this again. Now, what could you do in this situation? Well, here's what I would suggest. We still calculate out the goal. Still comes up at $100,000. Now what you need to do is you want to build this engagement within your team so you need them to be part of the solution, right? So imagine this. You have a line with 50 people on the line. You're not going to go down and ask 50 different people how you reduce $100,000 because things will just go crazy, right? So stop and think about some of your core performers, people who like to give some ideas, people that you want to have more engaged in the system, you want to build as future leaders. So you take those three or four people that you just thought about, and you bring them to some sort of neutral territory, a conference room, you know, break room, whatever the case may be, you might take them offsite, grab a state, and just simply just state Hey, you know what? I just had a talk with my boss today. He handed down the new goals. Uh, we're to reduce the overall cost of running our line by $100,000 this year. 
And the reason why is because that's 8% of our operating costs. And as you all know, inflation sucks this year. And 8% is how much inflation has went up by. So to continue to be profitable and make sure that we're able to pay you guys uh, a good wage and, you know, stay gainfully employed, what we really need to do is reduce this cost by that 8%, $100,000. So I could have probably figured out a few ideas, but really I wanted to tap into all of your expertise down there on the line. I'm sure that there's things that you have ideas on that haven't been brought up yet, or we as a company just haven't explored yet. So really what I want to do is I want to use the next couple hours and just grab the, uh, any sort of ideas that you guys might have, you know, grab the team suggestions on ways that we can accomplish this goal and really knock it out of the water for that matter. And I want to tell you too, that there's nothing off the table. Okay. I want to have all your ideas and I want to write them up here on the board. And then as a team, when we get done, we'll pick the best ones, okay? But there's no bad ideas. There's just some that we may not do this year that we might look at later on down the line because we're going to pick the best ones and do those. <clears throat> so really, in that very short opener, you know, a couple minutes, you've recognized that your employees have value, right? you brought them into this team and you're recognizing that they have value. You've also shown that you value their input, right? You brought them to the table and you're asking for it. It's, it's nothing more than that. You just asked. So you value their input. You've also opened up the doors of opportunity for them to add more value and really continue to feed that fire, right? Because there's this constant feedback with it that you brought them in because you see their value. You're asking them for the input that you're showing them that they're valuable. And then that constant communication gives you more opportunities to do that. So, before we go any farther, I want to throw a little bit of caution out there. Now that you're doing this, you need to keep that fire burning. And with the fire that's just started, I'm sure most of you can relate that it's easier to put out a fire when it's small than to keep it going. So the couple of cautions that I have is I've seen leaders do this a thousand times and a thousand times it does the same thing. It deflates what you're trying to do with the engagement level of your team. And that's when an employee states an idea and the leader says, yeah, we tried that once. It didn't work. It was a horrible failure. We're never trying it again. Generally, that employee slinks back into the background and you'll never hear from them again. Also, you need to be ready to execute on their ideas, right? If you don't execute on some of those employees' ideas, 
once again, it deflates that feeling of value. <clears throat> Another thing that I see leaders do quite often is they bring people into a room to have this brainstorming session and to get this input. And then they don't let them have any ideas. They give the people the ideas to have. People see through that. They see that the, the leader is full of hot air, has a big head, whatever you want to say. So even when you have the idea, right? Even when you have the answer, facilitate a solution. Don't give the solution, right? Let it be their idea. Let them be the expert. Even if you already know it. Ask them questions that allow them to make it to the solution. And what you're doing there is you're just feeding that fire even more. So now you have all these ideas on the board. You pick some. Now we got to execute on those ideas, right? When we're working in that group, we need to give them gratitude for their ideas. But then when we're starting to execute them, we also need to give them some gratitude along the way as well, right? Hey, great idea, you know, shout it out in the, uh, out in front of their peers, uh, which, you know, also shows that you value people's ideas out in the pipe floor. Uh, you want to make sure that you put their name on a bulletin board, you know, this person helped the company say blah, blah, blah. Uh, anyways, you need to feed that fire and continue to feed it. And you do that through gratitude as well. So now I want to change gears a little bit and talk about uh, my children in the home. So just to frame this up a little bit, uh, on my first episode of this podcast, I had mentioned that I have quite a few kids in my first uh, grouping of children. I wasn't a very good father. I'm trying damn hard now to be the best father that I can be. And that comes with a lot of intentionality, just like it does with your employees. So the example that I want to give you, uh, I guess I should tell you the ages of my kids first. My five that are adults are in between 22 and 28 years old. And then I have three that are living in the house that are in between two and five years old. So my five-year-old is, is my daughter. And then I have the two sons. Uh, so my daughter has this nice loft bed, you know, looks like cottage style home. <clears throat> and she sleeps on the top bunk of this loft bed, right? So she comes down the ladder in the morning and she consistently scrapes her leg on the nightstand as she's as she's passing by. So she comes and talks to me about it, right? Pretty simple. The easy thing that I could do as a father is walk into her room, which is 20 foot down the hallway, pick up the night table, move it for her, right? In that scenario, I have not shown 
that she had value or shown that I value her, right? Instead, what if I was to ask simple questions, very, very simple questions. So why do you think this happens? My daughter would probably say, well, because the night stands too close to my bed. And then I follow up with, well, what should we do about that so it doesn't hurt your leg anymore? And, you know, my five-year-old's a little sassy. Um, I think they get that way the older that you are when you start having them. I'm not sure because um, my younger kids are very sassy. But anyways, she would probably roll her eyes at me. Oh, God. Why don't we just move the nightstand, right? <laughs> and I would just, you know, I'd hold my tongue because the sassiness gets to me every now and again. But I'd say, you know what, honey, that's a good idea. Where do you think we should move it to? And I engage her in that conversation again. And at this point in time, right, I've asked her why she thinks that happens. So I'm asking for her input, showing her that she's gotten value in this conversation. And then I asked her for input on how to correct it, showing that that realization of her value and that I value her opinion, right? And simply, I could have found the answer. I could have taken care of it. But rather, what I've done is I've built her engagement in this conversation. And now I can just move it to where she thinks it should be moved to. She's happy with it. I'm happy with it because she's not hurting her leg anymore. And next time, she engages in the conversation even more. And it brings our relationship closer and closer and closer. So once again, in this simple conversation, it doesn't have to be complicated. I've shown her that she has worth, that she's valuable, and that I value her by asking for her input. It's pretty simple. So to frame this all up, to have a person engaged, whether that's at home, in your community, at your workplace, they have to feel like they have value, that they contribute. A leader in these situations has to recognize that value that they have and be willing to tap into it. When we as leaders tap into the value, they begin to show, or we begin to show, that that person is valued and that begins this fire, right? We take that, take that spark, add tinder, fan it, it grows into this small fire. Now there's a conversation that takes place in between those two individuals, the leader and the, and the person, right? And we involve and recognize that person in this conversation and that fire just grows. Now we've come to the point where that fire is harder to put out than it is to keep going. All it needs is the continuous fuel. So that really wraps up this conversation on value and valuable. 
So we'll see you again here in another two weeks in the forge. Over time, this will be transitioning down into a weekly episode. But for right now, we're going to keep it at two weeks. And if you've gained anything out of this, uh, this episode, I invite you to leave a rating and a review on whatever podcast that you're listening to this in right now. And if you like this episode and you want to hear more episodes like this, then hit that subscribe button in whatever podcasting app you're using. So we're gonna we're gonna continue to have these type of conversations. I'm gonna be inviting uh, some guests in. We have a couple that are already in the chamber, you know, with a couple guests. Uh, so keep on tuning in. We'll keep this tight short, the one-on-ones with me, very, uh, very tight. Uh, I expand the timeline out for when I have guests on because it becomes more of a conversation. But I really appreciate you tuning into the Fireport Leader podcast. And I really want you to remember that words without action are totally meaningless. So after you've had the heat in the forge, you shape your thoughts with this podcast and really saturate your brain with it, that you put these new tools to use. And let me know how you're doing with that. We'll see you next time on the next episode of the Fire Forge Leader 